0: I'm Abby Strauss, and welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. The last decade or so has seen a real upsurge in the interest and study of fish oils, which are also known as omega-3 fatty acids. Even the National Institute of Health lists a role for these products in three cardiovascular conditions. In mental health, however, it's a bit more complicated, and we have always had a desire to initiate treatment as early as possible because it links to a better outcome. Perhaps there is some use of fish oils in this product or in this uh, endeavor. Dr. Jamie Fernandez is on the faculty at the University of South Florida. Dr. Fernandez, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Let's begin with a very basic definition here. What is a fish oil?
1: So fish oil are polyunsaturated fatty acids that are found in fish is one source. And and over time we found that the American diet probably doesn't contain enough of these types of fatty acids as opposed to um Mediterranean diet, which seems to be higher in the omega-3 fatty acids specifically. American diet contains a lot of the omega-6 fatty acids, but there seem to have not been enough of, of the omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acid types. You know, what, what we found over time certainly is that the amount of fat you have in certain, certainly the amount of the specific type of fat you have is important for membrane health. And when I say membrane health, I mean all the cells in your body contain an outside layer of fat called the cell membrane. And probably the reason why they found such benefits for fatty acids Across the board, like you would mentioned, in cardiovascular health or diabetes, and then more recently in the aging brain and for mental illness, is because it's very important that these outside cell layers maintain a certain amount of fluidity and a certain ability to change.
0: So if we don't take enough omega-3, but we're taking too much omega-6, we're somehow interfering or impairing the cell membrane's normal or good
1: activity? Correct. So There's a lot of proteins that are embedded in these cell membranes, and these proteins include receptors for different brain chemicals, what we call neurotransmitters, and based on the composition of these membranes, certain enzymes are able to act more or less or more effectively, and all of these things are important for brain health, both during development throughout our lives and then, again, during aging.
0: One of the things that has come up in is the notion that the American diet is much too high in the omega-6 form and not in the omega-3 form. It suggests and has been thrown around that perhaps some of our – and let's just look at the psychiatric stuff as much as we can. Some of the psychiatric issues might be related to the diet. Could Could we go so far as to say that if we were simply to reduce the omega-6 – I may be pushing the science a bit on this, but people think this way. If we were to reduce the omega-6, that it would make for a a better mental health?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think that reducing the omega-6 is one part of it, but it does seem more and more that specifically increasing the amount of omega-3s in the diet is what specifically might help maintain this type of membrane fluidity, plasticity, that ability to change. So I think it's in part, yeah, reducing the amount of omega-6s perhaps, but probably more so supplementing or, you know, just naturally incorporating omega-3s uh, into your diet more may be, may be more helpful. Then I'm not sure if, if incorporating extra speaks to just the general paucity of omega-3s in our diet or the fact that we may need more. You know, it's important to mention that omega-3s are an essential fatty acid and we need to get them from food. It's not something our body can make naturally that we just augment with supplements. It's something that we actually have to get exogenously from from things like fish.
0: And what's interesting is that the fish themselves don't make it. They get it from the algae that they eat.
1: Right.
0: So it goes way back into the food chain. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about the notions that somehow this might affect emotional problems. And like with dementia, or recently there has been a very interesting article suggesting that using the omega-3 fatty acids could even reduce the progression to psychosis. This is very exciting. I, I just would like to hear your comments on this.
1: It is very exciting. It's very exciting, first of all, because you know, schizophrenia is such a prevalent illness. And, you know, while we have some treatments, one symptoms are already present, we don't have too many treatments aimed at what we call this prodromal period. So the initial stages of schizophrenia that are sometimes very subtle and seem to progress over a period of time, usually a year to two, before they develop this kind of frank psychotic symptoms that are more often associated with, with schizophrenia. So the the idea, you know, since since studies started coming out in, in the nineties has have been that If we could target treatment during this prodromal period, then maybe we can either stall or halt the progression to full-blown schizophrenia. Now, the problem with treating a prodromal period is is you don't quite have this symptom yet, so how can we justify using the medications which, you know, you need to use in frank psychosis, but also have some side effects that are are not, you know, so at what point do the benefits start outweighing the risks when you're talking about this very subtle period of disease? So, you know, even though there have been previous studies looking at using the antipsychotic medications that showed some good results in bestalling or halting the progression to frank psychosis, in general, that that benefit was not sustained after their treatment was stopped and again you're opening people up to some unwanted side effects and not really sure if they're going to progress to the disease. So in the case of the omega-3 fatty acids or really any natural preventative, there are very few side effects and you know in the case of omega-3 specifically taking extra and there are there is already good evidence to support that you're probably helping your immune system, helping your cardiovascular health, but in this case they were looking at omega-3s and decided this was a tolerable you know, meaning very few side effects, and, and reasonable way to treat this prodromal period, and just and see whether or not it was it had a role in, in stalling progression to full blown disease.
0: Well, how how would someone know if they should begin to worry about this in a family member that they should start thinking, oh my goodness, something is happening. You refer to it as the prodromal period. When does someone start? How, what signs and symptoms, if there are any, to suggest okay, it's time to go get some fish oil.
1: Right, you know, well, well, often, unfortunately, something we kind of see in retrospect, but, you know, certainly the typical symptom, and and generally you're looking at the younger population, probably prior to age 25, but people who used to have a lot of friends suddenly seem to be more socially withdrawn or have less friends. A typical scenario would be someone starting college, and they've been a straight A student in high school, and they do very well through their first year, and they have friends, and you suddenly see that start to drop off. You know, a change in their social behavior, a change in their academic functioning, a change in their global functioning. You just notice subtle differences. And then, you know, often, like I said, in retrospect, you could say, well, you know, tell me what they, this person was like six months ago and tell me what they're like now. And generally, in, in that period, you do see a, a decline across the board in, in functioning. The other thing also is that we now know that there is a strong genetic disposition for schizophrenia. So, family members with schizophrenia, and those symptoms together can often be predictive of folks who are at high risk for developing full-blown disease.
0: In some manner, it sounds simplistic, but it's very central to all psychiatric diagnoses, and that's for the doctor to have a very good family history as well as an individual history. We've said that a thousand times, but it's so important we can't get away from it.
1: Correct. And, and often I think that the developmental history is overlooked as well. I know our, a lot of our child psychiatrists are are, um, are trained very well and, and very proactive about taking a good developmental history, but you know, more and more the research in neurologic illnesses is pointing to a need for us to be able to pick up more subtle signs clinically, hopefully in the future. You know, by, by other forms of diagnostics, but were subtle signs that maybe there was something a little different during development.
0: One of the things that also comes up frequently is the notion of how much fish can you eat and not get too much mercury.
1: Right, right. And I think, I think that is, is the big question. And so, you know, they ask you to limit the, the more mercury containing fish, things like tuna fish. But, but in general, that is always going to be the balance, which is why it is nice to have commercially available supplements as well as just incorporating fish into your diet.
0: And and just to make our standard sort of warning, the fish oil marketing people are not regulated. It it is like generic medications in the worst sense because we really have no idea. So is there any hint? Can you give any advice on is there a better form, a, a more dangerous form? How do you know if you're swallowing something that's good?
1: Yeah, you know, and, and that is the problem, again, with these commercially available supplements. There is no regulatory agency that oversees their quality control. So when you look at a study like the one from the archives, they it, very high quality control in the types of fish oil that they're administering. You know, if you walk into your general vitamin store there may not be so you really don't know sometimes it is best to get it from the actual eating eating the fish i'm I'm not yeah i'm not really sure actually how you would know i
0: don't think anyone would and i think that's part of the problem but we do know that as, as benign as the fish oils are there are some potential side effects and i know some people who like with the dementia folks and they're also on aspirin that could not be a good combination
1: That is is correct. And, and, you know, even though there are very few drug-drug interactions, it can certainly change the absorption of certain medications. And as with any supplement you're taking, obviously you want to tell your prescribing doctors that you have added that into your medication regimen. And, you know, as far as side effects, because they the most... The most troublesome trials that seems to be gastrointestinal related, you know, like like we just said, it can change the way other medications are absorbed.
0: How long do people need to be on it?
1: Well, the trial that was done um, had them over a 12-month period. Sorry, 12, yeah, 12 months. So they, it seems like when they were on it for the initial, I believe they were treated for 12 weeks and then they were monitored over 12 months. So they saw a sustained effect during that. So at least I would say 12 weeks. But, you know, as far as incorporating this into your diet, because there are minimal side effects, if you're just getting it through food, you should be getting adequate amounts. And then, you know, if you supplement daily, I don't think anyone really knows. But I think that, you know, if you do it over a period of time, you should be able to you eat. Know, I don't really know, actually. No, well, no, no.
0: That's just a fair yeah. question because I didn't know Thanks. either. And, and I just thought you might be. I was looking for some sort of hint whether it needs to be something that's chronic or you just take it for a couple months, and and your your question is exactly the same question that pa- people have, parents have when they give it to their kids. You know, how long? And we don't, right. we and, don't and know
1: and when. And and they start, you know, they've started putting fatty acids in general into. I mean, certainly we know that things like DHA are very important for the developing brain. And DHA, but I would imagine all these things.
0: DHA is one of the fatty acids.
1: One of the fatty acids that you often see now in, in um, you know, for, uh, baby baby uh, formula and, and things like that. Um, it sounds In uh, a lot of the baby foods because they have, there is a study support that it's important in the developing brain. And I imagine all of these are important in the developing brain. And probably the most important periods are periods in life when, again, these cell membranes have to be at their highest level of functioning. So that's during development. They're important during life. But then again, during aging, it becomes very important for your ability, for the brain's ability to um, be able to change and adapt to be intact. So. You know, there's really, there's really not a time, I think, that they're not important. It's just how long you have to take them to sustain the effect. And, and I would imagine imagine the, the best, well, the best advice would probably be to just continually maintain a good level of omega-3s in your diet.
0: I've seen a lot of physicians start to prescribe this and a lot of psychiatrists uh, start to prescribe it. Over in, in your part of the country, are you seeing that as well? Or are people more hesitant yet about initiating or suggesting to patients that they start to the fish oils?
1: general, my experience with MDs has been that they are hesitant to prescribe more, I think, what's, what's considered more natural remedies. So I don't often see them being prescribed. In fact, I really haven't. Now, I do inpatient psychiatry clinically. So um, yeah, from my perspective, I don't see a whole lot of prescribing patterns. But as far as the folks who come into the hospital, which is obviously a self-selected iller population, I don't, I don't see it, but, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's being suggested. So, you know, not prescribed, but, oh, you might want to add more of these to your diet. As far as people actually recommending a particular supplement because of this lack of, you know, FDA testing and and quality control and approval, it's, it's sometimes hard to do that for any natural remedy. Um, I will say though that you know plenty of people are using these things in in the community, and you know as a Down syndrome and, and Alzheimer's researcher, I, I look at other naturally based compounds, and I get a lot of emails. What dose do we use? What what would you recommend? Is there anything approved yet? How do we get more of of these things? So I think even if they're not being prescribed by doctors, certainly gotten into the popular literature enough that people are seeking them out and and trying them themselves. And, you know, I think it's a shame because sometimes people are somewhat wary of telling their doctors that they're on these things, afraid that they're going to be dismissed or, and so probably at least the suggestion that these things should be added into a diet because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that our counterparts over in, in cardiology do, you know, recommend these things and the nutritionists do recommend these things. So. It, it may not be it, it may not be a bad idea as far as it really becoming the standard of care it is so hard when you don't have a regulated formulation of, of a certain compound so
0: oh, and I agree with you so much about that once it's regulated then we all know that someone's swallowing the same potency the same milligrams and, and so on it, it's a key issue but what's also fascinating to me just really fascinating is the fact that here we are modern medicine going back to a very natural substance something that's part of our diet and I'm not one who automatically believes that diet is responsible for everything. But look at the trend here. Look at the fact that we are thinking about the ratio of the omega-6 to the omega-3. Fascinating, fascinating progression.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. Ab- absolutely. And, and you know, I I am, right, not one to automatically go toward natural compounds either. But I think, you know, as, as time goes on and as we see what, what has beneficial effects, both, you know, bench side, basic science research, and then in these these clinical studies that can happen because of certain supplements that have a few side effects so we can test them without having the basic science behind them. I mean, I'm a strong believer that any natural compound that works has a has some chemical structure within it that can probably be purified and highly regulated. That is the most responsible.
0: So we are definitely going in the right direction. Dr. Jamie Fernandez is a psychiatrist in Tampa. She does a lot of inpatient psychiatric work, as, as you've heard her say, and she's also familiar with the whole notions of omega-3 fatty acids and how it's being used in psychiatry and in the general community. It's a it's 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 a project in progress that we all need to watch very carefully because there seems to be something there. We can't walk away from it. There is something there. Dr. Fernandez, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Have a good day.